the volume. Hey guys, it's the Sessions presented by FanDuel. It might be cold, but the sports calendar is heating up, baby, and there's no better place to get in on the action than with FanDuel. The app is safe, secure, and so, so easy to use. FanDuel always has exclusive offers, boosts, and more. And when you win, you're going to get paid real fast. FanDuel has lots of ways to play, like with the spread, money line, over, under, team totals, player props, and so much more. You can jump into the action at any time during the game with live betting. And you can combine multiple bets from the same game in a same game parlay to try out the same game parlay plus. Get in on that. And... FanDuel is now live in Maryland, y'all. So use the promo code Renee, R-E-N-E-E, and download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. Disclaimer, 21 plus in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Minneapolis, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana. 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org for Maryland. Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 for Tennessee. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com for Kansas. 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming. Or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Hey guys, welcome to the best of the sessions. What we have done is we've combined the best of Tuesday's episode and Thursday's episode, mashed them together to give you a beautiful little audio gift for your ear holes. We have some awesome, awesome guests on the show. Cannot thank people enough for taking the time to, to come hang out with me. Give me a little bit of their time. We give you a little bit of that. We all get to hang out and enjoy it, learn a little bit about each other. Um, so it's really cool to mash these all together and you guys can get those little abbreviated highlights of both of the interviews throughout the week. Also, of course, if you want to listen to the full lengths, you can do that. They all exist. Uh, just make sure to check out all things from the Volume Podcast Network. Like, subscribe, turn on those notifications, all that good stuff. But let's get into it. Here's the best of the sessions. Listen, I know that we have um, some pretty serious stuff that you want to talk about uh, today on the podcast, and we'll certainly get into all of that. But I guess we can kind of go back to, to the beginning of you getting your start sure, in sure. pro wrestling and you as like a manager specifically yeah. Yeah. in pro wrestling. What was sort of the switch for you on that to go, I'm a manager? I mean, to be completely honest, uh, this is probably the first time someone will quote Jill Scott on your <laughs> podcast, but you know, she has this line in one of her songs where she says, everything isn't for a everybody mm -hmm. so initially I tried everything to be, isn't everything Lauren Hill yes well just Scott I know but I was saying everything is everything like okay. Lauren Hill okay okay just is it the same I just thing? want to make sure yeah 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 I don't know no we're on the same page we're on the same page <laughs> but um <laughs> I wanted to be a wrestler and I'm five eight on a good day and it just I didn't have the athletic ability mm -hmm. to you know pull it off and so everyone thought that I was a good talker so I just transitioned into that and at the time, I initially started doing this because it was my thesis project in grad school. Oh, wait, yeah. what? Yeah, I wanted to prove that I thought that wrestling was an art form. So all my professors said, yeah, sure. Uh, they thought I was going to flunk out. So they allowed me to go <laughs> uh, on this journey. So I moved to Philadelphia for a few months and uh, 
I trained. And wow. Funny story, Claudio Castagnoli was originally one of my trainers. Orange Cassidy and really? Chuck Taylor. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a pretty good pedigree to be coming in from. Yeah. Not bad yeah. at all. I mean, Claudio probably wouldn't claim me from the, uh, <laughs> you know, or on the athletic front, but uh, managerial duties, yeah. maybe, maybe. <laughs> Wait, I feel like, did, did you, you never worked with Claudio as like a manager though, right? No, no, no. We've tried, like we tried yeah. numerous times, but yeah. It just didn't quite happen. Yeah. That's so interesting. Okay, so how did the thesis do? I graduated, so <laughs> it went well. Yeah, uh, You know, I have my master's, so that's, uh, you know. Master's in what? Uh, performing arts. Oh, so what does that whole like school process look like? Like how, what is, what does that look like to have a master's degree in performing arts? Well, I was taught everything because, well, the program taught everything because the idea is not everyone will be this famous actor on Broadway or sure. Hollywood, whatever. So it taught you directing, it taught you lighting, production. It, it tried to make you a well-rounded entertainer. Sure. That's pretty fascinating. So where did the wrestling aspect of it come for you? As you're looking, I'm sure as you're going to school for that, it's like, mm -hmm. did you want to get into acting? Did you want to get into theater stuff? Did you want to get into what, what, what? To like, yeah. oh, pro wrestling, yeah. that's my bag. Well, I was doing it all. So I, I was in like some independent films. I was in my friend's thesis films and I wanted to say, you know, legitimate actor. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I still chased that. I still did some of that. But in the meantime, I was kind of doing the marketing thing professionally. So okay. that took over. So I had a full-time job doing marketing mm -hmm. and then I just kept the wrestling on the side as like a hobby. And then yeah. it just took off. And, that and was that's it. that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's so cool. Thank you. So if you weren't wrestling, what do you think you'd be doing? I think I'd be doing uh marketing and probably yeah. just acting yeah. on the side. Yeah. Okay. So the managerial side of it, I don't want to say like unsung hero because the managers that are great managers have like those pivotal mm -hmm. great roles, whether it's a Paul Heyman, we've seen Vicky Guerrero be mm -hmm. such a successful manager to shit. William Regal does a great job yeah. as a manager. Well, I, I mean, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> he's, he's Dece. He's Dece. <laughs> How do you get good at being a manager? What are you looking at? Who are you studying? What is like, what is the thought process that goes into like the psychology of being a great manager? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I watch a lot of comedy. So one of my biggest influences is I would say Robin Harris, mm -hmm. Bernie Mac, because I look at being a manager as a, a character. Yeah. So you're kind of just the, like the dressing on the salad, right? And mm -hmm. the salad is like, you know, whoever you are, are managing. So that's how I look at it. And obviously, you know, I have some, some wrestling influences, sure. um, you know, you name some of them. So, but for me, it's like comedy. It's like a lot of improv. Um, Wayne Brady is probably, you know, like another you know influence. What? Wayne like, Brady doesn't get the respect that he deserves. Exactly, exactly. He does not. He's a yeah, genius. Yeah. And he dropped a great R&B album, which no one talks about. Really? So, yes. Yeah. Whose line is it anyways? What a great show. Yeah. And he was just exceptional on yeah. that. Yeah. Interesting. That's, yeah. yeah, that's really, really cool. Okay. So you're wrestling or managing on, um, on the indie scene. I had worked with MJF mm -hmm. previously as well. Mm -hmm. What was it like to finally be reunited with him in AEW? It was interesting because we kept in touch throughout the years, but we hadn't seen each other in person since I would say probably like 2018. Oh, wow. Okay. So I guess that's how life is supposed to work. Um, We'll get more into like the AEW stuff, of course, but sure. uh, obviously prior to signing to AEW, mm -hmm. you were working at 
WWE mm-hmm. with, with NXT, um, had a great thing going there. Yeah. Um, and we don't really have to get into like too many of the specifics. I mean, I think we kind of know what happened there and saw some of the things that happened there. But I think the thing that really sticks out to me was you being offered a contract extension and then that just wasn't the thing that you wanted to do. What was what was kind of going on at that time? It's really interesting because I think I would say that a lot of people kind of looked at me as if I was the bad guy, right? And like, I kind of get it or I do get it because, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of people who would kill to be in the position that I was in. Mm-hmm. And at the time, like, I just couldn't do it, you know? And, you know, I never really said why, you know, I, I did a, a comedy show and like I alluded to it, but the wrong message came across okay. from that show. So, I mean, to be completely honest, in like February, I woke up one day and like, I just felt miserable. Like I just felt, I guess the right way would be crazy, right? Yeah. Like I, like I didn't know where I was. I didn't know what was going on and like it kind of went away and then it kept increasing to the mm-hmm. point to where like it was just debilitating. So you know, I voluntarily just like committed myself. This was on a a Friday. And I think I got out on Sunday. It was a very interesting experience, mainly because <laughs> I would say in Florida, it's like prison for the mentally ill. So when I went in, I had no idea what I was in for. Like I was in kind of like a cell. Like Holy it was shit. like no real sheets. It was just like a metal, like, frame that you laid on like obviously like the sink was you know one of those sinks that was like rigged to where you know it it was like motion detected like they gave you like a little thing of soap a little thing of toothpaste it was literally like couldn't go into your room until 8 9 p.m and then you had to wake up at 6 a.m and then you just like walk the floor it's like that was it like you just like walk back and forth to like fill up the time so that was like three days of that and then afterwards, I was like, maybe I'm not as crazy as I thought. <laughs> so, so, okay. So what kind of like led to you being like, this is what I need to do for myself right now? Like, what were those days leading up to that moment? Like, maybe, maybe it wasn't the days, yeah. maybe it was weeks, months, maybe it was years leading up to that. I don't know. But like, what were sort of like the stages to getting to that point? I think it's just trying to just manage everything. I do regret leaning into the being funny thing because I think, you know, when I- crutch. Yeah, well, no, I think I think it's hard for people to take you seriously. So, like, who am I going to say, oh, yeah, like, I feel this way. I feel that way. Like, I don't think there was anyone to really, like, listen, right, or to that I could vent or to, you know, talk to. And then especially with, like, social media, like, everything nowadays. Like, it's, one, it's hard to take people seriously. Yeah. And two, I feel like, I don't want to say uh, it's, like, a thing to use mental health as, like, a a crutch but I just felt like no one would like believe me if I said hey like I feel this way or feel that way so yeah. I just felt like it was the right thing for me to do so when you like woke up that day and were just like I something is up I do not feel right did you talk to anyone like did you what like what's your like support system look like I mean at that time I didn't tell anybody like I literally wasn't like on my phone because they take your your phone away right. So, like, I had, like, minor communication. Like, at one point, like, I had to, to like, fight to get my phone because, you know, like, I have a dog. So, he was at the dog sitters because, thankfully, I was able to, like, you know, yeah. arrange it yeah. last minute. But, you know, like, I had to, like, check in. But, like, they allowed me, like, to look at my phone for, like, a few minutes. But afterwards, like, I told people close to me that I could mm-hmm. trust. And, obviously, yeah. it worked because it didn't get out. Nobody you know? knew anything yeah. about it. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay, so... 
you're in there and like, are you talking to, obviously you're talking to therapists and whatnot yeah. when you're in there. What were some of the things that were kind of delved into when you were having those conversations there about what was going on? Was there any kind of um, diagnosis given to you? I mean, to be honest with you, like, like you didn't do much. Like there was like music therapy, which, you know, as awful as the experience was, like it was somewhat entertaining because it wasn't really musical therapy. I'll never forget my last day. Cause I just wanted to just go home at this point. And like, you know, they're passing out sheets with like topical music that, you know, you had to like go through and like analyze. And it was just this thing where it was like, Oh, like you shouldn't listen to this music. It's negative. You know, it calls negative mm-hmm. thoughts, like the most generic thing. I'll never forget. They said, Hey, like we're going to go around the room and everyone pick a song that like resonates. And there's this one kid at the end of the table. And so like, he was just coloring. And so it went around and I don't know what, song I named and uh, I'm not gonna say his name but like they were like you know such and such like you know your last like what's your song like he doesn't look up he just goes pussy is mine by Miguel and that's when I went yeah it's time for me to go like I (laughs) so so that's what that experience was like and they went you can't say that and then that was it you know class ended so it wasn't too beneficial for me aside from me going oh like I never want to go through this again that was it. What were like kind of some of the other factors? Was it like the, the work situation, the pressures from that, just like outside influences to just like, I guess, yeah, like what really? I think for me, there is a lot of pressure. I think there's always a lot of, of pressure because I feel like as a black talent, I get judged okay. more harshly than other people. Like I feel like everything I do is analyzed, overanalyzed, right? I don't, obviously everyone gets like, a critique, but I feel like mine is at like a different level. Sure. And I'm also incredibly hard on myself. So like, it was one of those things where uh, I'm hard on myself. I like, I, I had to realize that like, it's wrestling. It's just wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, this isn't a live or die situation. Yeah. So for me, it was just dealing with that. And it was also like, you know, again, I regret leaning into the funny thing because, you know, like I'm very like, very introverted, like very closed off. And I went, you know what? Like I have this, this small circle of people that I trust. I should probably utilize that yeah. more. Um, okay. With all of the things that you have like been through and have experienced, yeah. what are like the takeaways and things that you do to set yourself up to have a clear state of mind and take care of yourself? Of course. I mean, people may think it's crazy, but I pray every day. Even if you are, I would say, and atheist, right? I think at the end of the day, it's something that that helps, right? Like whether there is a God, Allah, you know, whatever, like I think just being able to focus and, and you know, having a, again, peace of mind that has helped me. I'd rather be safe than sorry, you know? Sure. I, I do not want to go to hell if, yeah. if there is one. Um, yeah. But, you know, that that has been pretty important to me also just is that something that you feel like you had connected with more after going through this experience or this is all 100 okay i think i've had like really weird moments like i when i was in philadelphia actually training thesis wow that's a hard word to say when you're not ready for it yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was i was on this weird like grassroots job to where like uh i think it was like the aclu like we would just be outside and asking people to like donate whatever and it was so funny because the Roots, I think, were having a concert outside. Oh, cool. It was like downtown Philadelphia. Yeah. And like, I'm just harassing people. Hey, like, would you like to donate, you know, uh, like a nerd? And this family <laughs> walks past me. And at the time, I was 
this was like the first time me really reading the autobiography of Malcolm X. So I'm like deep into it. Yeah. Islamic family is like walking past and they're like, hey, and I'm like, hi. And they just give me this flyer. And the flyer was about Islam. And they were like, oh, we think you need this. And then they disappear. Like, like I'm not so even you making were, it up. You were not like raised Islamic. No, no. Okay. Not at all. So this was like new to me. And so yeah. they gave me that flyer and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Did you and have no religion joke. in your life before that? Sorry, this is, I'm not. Not I'm really. Like, Wait, tell me about this. No, okay. no, not really. But like, I, but funny story. I'm like packing, unpacking, and like I find that flyer in just mint condition, not a wrinkle, not like wow. a fold. And I'm like, oh, well, this is clearly a sign. And so that kind of started the gears turning. But I would say this whole experience is what actually brought me into it. Where did you start? It was well, reading. Like- it's also just like my heroes or, or my influences, you know, um, it's obviously I'm I'm not in the nation of Islam. You know, I think that's a completely different thing. But mm-hmm. I do think there are some um, ideologies, you know, in that that I agree with. Yeah. Um, and that just, you know, it started everything. Wow. Yeah. Very interesting. So what about like the rest of your family? So like this is their first time hearing this. This oh, part. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Cool. That I mean, that's really cool to like be so personal with it and like you're just on like your own voyage and your own journey with this yeah I just feel like you know it's like what do you really say right yeah. like I feel like it's I mean I guess I could have brought it up during what do you Thanksgiving think, like, dinner the, what do you, you know? think like the reaction to that would be like I can't imagine like I was not raised with a ton of religion myself either so yeah I couldn't really imagine if I was saying to my mom like hey I invented yeah. this religion now yeah. what do you think that conversation would be like I don't really care. I think as long as I'm happy. Yeah. So that's probably why it hasn't been this full conversation because mm-hmm. it's, I don't need to worry about acceptance because sure. I know that, you know, it'd be different if I said, Hey, I'm a part of like, uh, or the cult of like house of black, like, probably like, <laughs> Oh, like what's that? But like, yeah, yeah. you know, like it's, you know, it's fine. So on the other side of having been there and gone through those few days yeah. of being there, once you got out, like, how were you feeling and what were sort of like the the things you had to set in motion to just like take care of yourself mentally? I was miserable. Like I just yeah. had to like go back to work, yeah. you know, the next day, you know, it was like a pre-tape that we were there for. So it was like, okay, back into reality. And yeah. so I had to just jump back into it. Yeah. Try to just get my shit together. Yeah. And that's what, you know, I tried to do. Gosh, it's. I feel like that's yeah. like the scary thing. That, I don't know if everyone goes through that, but I think there's like – oftentimes like a, a moment where you're like, I need to take care of myself. I'm not feeling well. I mean, I think we're all so much more aware of our, our mental well-being yeah. and the things we need to do to take care of ourselves, but to like actually find yourself in that situation of like, oh shit, yeah. I need to go and do this. And like, I need some help. Was that a hard thing for you to kind of like realize uh, in terms of, I guess like of accepting that that's where you were at? Kind of, sort of. I mean, I I will say that one big thing is, you know, I think I felt it creeping in, but yeah. I don't think I did anything because my biggest worry was, oh, like, I don't want to take this. I don't want to do that because I may lose my, like, my creative sure, side. And that's sure. what happened. You were prescribed something yeah, and then did it like, make you feel that way? Yeah, for, like, anxiety and, like, I just stopped taking it, oh, like, shit. three weeks ago just because oh, okay. it got to the point to where I just couldn't. I couldn't focus. Like I would go out and do a promo and like, honest to God, I could not tell you like what I said afterwards. It made it to where I was too 
comfortable or like lackadaisical and it did affect my yes like that like beta blocker kind of thing where you're just like yeah 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 so like you know i'm sure some people will say oh like that's a bad thing and like i'm not trying to send the message to not take you know whatever or not get help it's just for me like i know what works and like it's like okay we have full gear i need to get through that and then it's figure out what works best for me taking yourself off of the medication how how did that feel like right away because i I know people do say that where it's like whoa what you're doing what like you shouldn't do that like how have you felt the days uh so a part of the reason that i was prescribed what i was prescribed is because you know i have like really bad insomnia so like Mm -hmm. it was supposed to help so like last week i didn't sleep really from like monday until like thursday so thursday i took unisom it's like this like over-the-counter sleeping pill and like i had like a night's worth of, of sleep you know yeah. so it's like a, a give and a take right like i i feel like myself but i'm like up until 5 a.m watching you know the wayans brothers on youtube you know like that's the trade-off <laughs> yeah so. yeah Gosh, that's, yeah, I mean, what a lot to kind of go through. And, like, thank God you did have the close friends that you could yeah. talk to about that stuff. And, like, what about, like, your family? Did your family know about everything that kind of went Yeah, down? yeah, but, like, I I keep them out of, like, you know, all this stuff. Because, like, I mean, I'll just be honest. Like, people are shitty. Like, people are very shitty. So yeah. I would prefer to keep my friends and family and, you know, anyone else, like, away from, you know, I'm trying to think the public lashings or whatever you know or the public you know yeah uh, uh, critiques you know that may um occur and also like you know i hate to say it but like it's my problem and uh this may sound cold or callous to say but like in this again this era this time i feel like people just don't don't care really so it's like i can say oh hey like i feel this way but like i don't think anybody really cares you know and i'm i'm doing this one for my current co-workers so they could understand me better and two like right. I feel like mental health isn't really talked about in the black community and I know there are plenty of black males who feel the way I do or like yeah. felt the way I do so this is yeah. a hey like it's not the end of the world like if yeah. I can power through you know Wednesdays and Fridays you know then you know you can do it too it really is like that stigma that comes with like, I think anyone's going through any kind of mental health stuff. It's like, I'm it's very isolating. You feel like you're the only person going through something like that. Where do you turn? Yeah. What's the answer for that? Yeah. But you're right. I think being able to have these conversations and I do think we're getting better about having these conversations, but you're right. There's still yeah. people that are like, you're fine. Shut yeah, up. Shut yeah, it up. Yeah. Like, and like, that's absurd. It's crazy, but to just be, like, aware of what you need and how to, like, take care of yourself and, like, do mm-hmm. those things. Like, yeah, hats off to you for, like, really taking care of yourself and doing Thank what you. you needed to do. How do you feel now? Uh, I mean, I feel better. I think I think my brain and my body is still adjusting to, mm-hmm. like, you know, not being filled with this, you know, medication or whatever. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, just with coffee and, you know, Gatorade, you know, that's how I power through, you know. (laughs) Some electrolytes and some caffeine, baby. We're just making it through. I'm very excited to have you here on the show. I feel like I've, like, been a fan of yours, whether it was your time at NXT, the stuff you've got to do in Bloodsport, to what you're doing now in AEW. But I feel like, I just feel like there's so much more (laughs) that we can see and do with you. Do you, I mean, you must, 
you, what's going like how do you feel about that stuff of like <laughs> That's, there's just so much to chew on with yeah. you first off thank you like I feel like are we satellited each other like a lot and like just as much <laughs> That's as, like, a good you, term for like, it. yeah just as much as you are like I'm just as much a fan of like just the way you carry yourself behind a mic very well done thank like, you like I have a lot of respect for that thank you um I feel like I'm really understanding that this business is about timing right like yeah you know, 50-50. I just got to make sure my 50 is, like, up to par when my when my real opportunity comes. I think that's a, it's a great perspective, and it's true. I mean, there's so many times, it's like, you can have all the talent in the world, and if the moment is not there for, you know, your services and the things that you bring to the table might not be the thing that are in demand at that moment. And it's like finding the time to like, it's like that preparation meets opportunity is when all that success yeah. happens. Frustrating as all hell though, when you're waiting yeah, for it. Yeah, right? literally, <laughs> you know, I feel like sometimes I'm just like, fuck it. Like I just, I have every reason to just take complete control over this shit. But yeah. I'm also a big person on respect and, you know, yeah. understanding like whenever I feel like frustrated or like so emotional I have like tears in like the corners of my eyes there's mm -hmm. just something I'm not understanding and I just try to like dumb it down for myself for a minute and like slow it down because I've seen so many people get taken advantage of over miscommunications yes. and yeah. you know just a lack of communication and I think this is a great environment to like encourage us to clear communication with each other over what we want, how we want it, when we want it, yeah. and see if it's a possibility. When I'm, like, seeing you, whether it's at TV or whatever, you're someone who likes to work. You yeah. like to let you like to work. You like to be busy. You like to learn from people. You like to have the conversations with people. Um, what have been some of the things that you've been able to see and learn from from women that come from the same background as you? From, I mean, you've got the judo mm -hmm. background. That's a style that you would bring to the ring from Rhonda, from Shayna, from Jessamine. Like, what are some of the things that you've seen from them that work and things that don't work? Um, because, like, I just as just being my friends, like, just sharing the experiences that we've had together, like, you know, just unsolicited and just not, um, not mm -hmm. contrived, like, just organic times together where we really recognize how unique one another was yeah. and like why we were in that space together in that time. And like, yeah. that's kind of like what I really want to bring out in myself as a performer. They taught me that like your friends tell you why you're special. Sure. You know, like yeah. they told me why I was special and it's just so funny. Cause like, you know, people just think I just kind of showed up every, anytime somebody gets to know me, they're like, they just think I just kind of showed up. Right. And that's right. fine. It's, you know, it's fine. It's just that the work has always been a thing that I've been putting in. That's not a point I'm ever out to prove. I have other people say it for me because mm -hmm. they recognize that. Yeah. But from them, that's what I, that's exactly what stands <laughs> out. Well, I feel, I mean, for me, my first, like, when you first popped up on my radar was like, oh, Ronda Rousey's really into wrestling. Yeah, she's always watching <laughs> wrestling with her friends. And like, there's all these videos that you guys were always doing, like, so for like the training and everything that you guys were all doing together to being huge wrestling fans, to being the four horsewomen and oh, we will get oh, yeah. into that. <laughs> um, 
what were sort of the steps that went into pro wrestling being the dream for you? It wasn't like this organic, I mean, it was organic in its own nature, but like I was an immigrant. My parents didn't understand any English. Like, ah, so it they was, watched wrestling. We did sometimes, but here's the thing. My dad, he was a really big influence in my life, like my superhero. This is his jacket, by the yeah, way. Yeah, this is his jacket, What's by the way. What's your dad's name? Benjamin Shafir. Benjamin Shafir. Yeah. Did I say that right? Yes, Benjamin? you did. Yep, absolutely. If I say it right away, I'll be good. I probably won't be able to <laughs> It's okay. That. It's okay. The first, you got me on ben. the first one. Um, <laughs> he was just a really big influence in my life, and he was always like, you know, that's just fake. But he comes from a culture where, like, they pride themselves on real, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, he also didn't really take the time to like talk about how this is an entertainment business blah 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 so it was always on in the background for like a little bit here and there but we never really dove in I was into like Chuck Norris Jackie Chan <laughs> like you know old school martial artsy movies that like they don't talk it's just pantomiming a lot uh-huh. later on when I when the four of us were living together me Rhonda Shana and Jessamine Shana was the one who like really it just brought us together. Like we're in a, some fight camp and like, it was just the thing that we did. And then you like program yourself to like check back in with your people. And that was the time that we did. What were you guys watching then? Like what were the things that you guys were really into? Mainly um, Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, uh-huh. right? That's yeah. what got us in. But then like, you know, Shayna being Shayna, she's like, <laughs> dangerous. And like that's called the Indies, and there's one particular show called PW. Witches go there, <laughs> like. But really, not a lot of girls went at the time, and we somehow just, you know how professional wrestling works. Like somebody said something to someone, this, and then that, and then there we are, all experience it, and we're like, oh, there's levels to this, like for real. Okay, so everyone's starting to get the buzz that mm-hmm. there's the four horsewomen. You guys are all buddies. You all live together. You're all big wrestling fans. What were the conversations? Especially because like, I think it was like very much so like, oh, Ronda Rousey's going to get into pro wrestling. But then it was like, we're all doing this thing. Like, how did that all kind of come together to sort of like figure out what like the future was going to look like for you guys? It wasn't ever really like a conversation. It was more of like a mutual understanding. And at the time, uh, Shayna was the one, like, towards the end. Like, I hurt, I had hurt my neck. This is right before Rhonda fought Holly. I had hurt my neck really bad. And I was out from uh, two herniated discs and trying to get back into, like, at least competing in jiu-jitsu and rehabbing. I was in my own, like, thing. Yeah. At that time, Shayna really decided to double down on wrestling, and I think she went to Japan. Or she was getting ready to go to Japan. We just were on different paths. And I had met Roddy at PWG and (laughs) slid into my DMs and just, you know, you know that pro wrestling charm. Sure do. We (laughs) all fall victim to it. You know, I I know how to like sweep people off their feet, but he he fucking got me. (laughs) Uh, Just, I don't know, like I got pregnant, thought everything was over because, you know, I was just not where I wanted to be in my career. Mm -hmm. And, uh. I committed to being a family. Yeah. And I moved and... um, Where were you then? California? Yeah, I was living in California. Yeah. And then I moved to Florida and Roddy was in a transition too, which was 
you know, an emotional roller coaster. Sure was a fun time. It was, there was a lot of unsurety, you know, like, yeah, we lived in a house that like was a client of his mother's that she cleaned, like to help us out. It was, it was rough. Yeah. Then I had Troy and he had been signed with NXT and, um, you know, that was around the time, right? When Troy was born was when Rhonda was like stirring the pot a little bit more. We were all associated as a four. Mm -hmm. And it's just interesting because it's something that the fans really wanted. Of the course. fans more so established it yeah. in us. Like, we yeah. really didn't have to be like, we're the four horse women. We're going to prove it to you. Mm-hmm. No, we, there was no song and dance. It yeah. was just like, we're friends. We train. We fucking push each other. And that's just what it well, is. Well, it was such, I mean, that's where, like, the organic side comes to, where it's like, okay, we've got you guys on one side, but then there's there's Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, Becky. We've got, like, those four horses, and everyone was like, Sal, I can't believe we never got that, by the way. Hey. Like, I still can't believe that that never happened. Egos, like, oh, my God. Egos were at play. I bet. I'm sure. And, you know, I've learned there's some too many fucking cooks in the kitchen sometimes. Yeah. You know, in, sure. more, in more ways than one. And yeah. I never knew this, but, like, you know, I just feel like professional wrestling was a little bit more exclusive back in the day. It wasn't just about, like, politicking. It was just about, like, really showing respect, not kissing ass and, like, not feeling like you have to give something up of yourself to take it to the next level. Yeah, Evolving, yeah, but, like, stripping yourself, like, I don't know. I want to get into, like, the parenthood stuff, too. Like, because I feel like it all just kind of coincides, like, kind of all at the same time, too. Like, as a woman, having your baby, you've got Roddy, that part of life is coming together, but you mentioned that your career was not where you want it to be. You see Rhonda going to do her thing. How did that feel to be, like, pregnant in that mode, beautiful time of your life, but still being like, shit, I want to be doing that stuff, too. Like, was that a weird... I think like sort of juxtaposition. Absolutely. You know, like that feeling of like, you need to go pee when you're pregnant. Hell right. yeah. So like, I felt like I needed to fucking pee, but I couldn't go. We got UTIs up in here. Exactly. <laughs> like, it just felt like I had this like internal pressure to like go bleh, and yeah. I like couldn't do it. Yeah. And it is the worst. It's like a reoccurring fucking sneeze that just won't get the fuck out. Right. <laughs> and it's just. You just eat it each time and you're just like fucking yourself up more because yeah. you just need the sneeze to get out. But I like relate better in like metaphors and I just. Hey, keep them bad. coming. I like it. <laughs> I like them a lot. I mean, feeling it. I um, get it. But yeah, like I, um, I was really flattered that I was still, you know, considered part of the group, even though I had gone through like all this transition. I was away from my friends. Yeah. We were not together. Yeah. You know, we only like linked up a couple times and I felt like this responsibility, like, if I'm going to be in this role, like, fuck the fuck up. Like, yeah. you know, like, yes, you, you're dealing with your own, but, like, you just need to start putting one foot in front of the other and just making sure you're ready for whatever. So what did that look like for you to go from having Troy and this whole life overhaul of, like, you're getting married, you're doing all these things? You were signed to NXT at this point? I got signed to NXT when Troy was, like, a little over one. Okay. So what were the steps to get back to that spot as an athlete and mother and the time that both of these things take to like really dedicate yourself to those things is like, I I, I know, no, for real. I can't even imagine like 
as someone that's like, I don't, my body can do whatever it needs to do and it yeah. is what it is, but even just like working and being a mom and trying to like strike that balance is like, holy shit, I can't imagine doing that while also having to put in the time in the gym and like physically feel the way that you need to feel is like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> all of that. Just all of that every day over and over again. Yeah. You know, like there are some days where like, shit. You know what your responsibilities should be that day. Yeah. But you just, like, take a look at yourself in the mirror and you're just like, it's not today. Yeah. You know, and, like, being forced to listen to your body, being forced to, like, do what you need. Yeah. And not realizing that you're actually bettering yourself. Yeah. You're, you just have complete FOMO and then there's postpartum and then there's. Did you have any, like, postpartum oh, stuff? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was brutal. Yeah. Because Roddy was busy. Mm-hmm. And I was stay-at-home mom, learning how to be a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And, you know, then I started getting the training bug again. I was around, like, age 12 weeks postpartum. I started doing jiu-jitsu again. And then I lost a lot of movement, but I was like, oh, fuck, though. Like, it's kind of like riding a bike. I kind of still got it. Yeah. You know, and uh, it was really rough. Yeah. I, there was a lot of beautiful moments. You know, there was one... <laughs> This was one of the moments that, like, you know, I just froze still breastfeeding. I breastfed him for 14 months. Good for you. Holy and, shit. And, you know, that was the one thing that, like, that was my one goal, mm-hmm. to get at least a year, yeah. if I could. Because I know how hard that shit is. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't fucking happen. And women, regardless of their history, they encourage it. Because they know, like, if they could, they fucking would. Sure. And I had an opportunity to do it. But then, you know, around fucking a year, you're just like, biggest fucking mistake of my life. What the fuck? Like, I'm just, you know, at every fucking beck and call, man. Like, and I love my son. Yeah. But I couldn't take a shit without having to hold him in my lap. Just naked and defeated because I was like, this is naked and afraid. Shit. Like legit. Seriously, I could cry. Like you guys are laughing. Fuck you. Like I'm just, you will never have to experience that like lonesome, just frustrated feeling of just like, how am I going to wipe my ass? I'm just like, what the fuck? It's so like legit the things that you go through as a parent you're like oh my god I was not prepared for this and here's the kicker I didn't know this was a thing oh my god Troy was supposed to be a twin oh my gosh he fucking ate his brother in my womb that's why we called him shark boy for like a little while oh yeah so that like then you feel that with the postpartum it's just Holy wave yeah. after wave after wave and like it's a skill to learn like this is mm-hmm. temporary yeah. catch your breath and i'm like i fucking just want to get out of the water so get me out <laughs> i know yeah when you're just like and i mean shit even this morning i was like trying to get out the door and because i wasn't home much yesterday nora's like needy 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 and i'm like oh you've got it somewhere to be and i'm like then you're getting like that mom guilt that's pulling you in one direction but Dude. you've got meetings to get to and like work things you need to do and it's like trying to split your attention to two things and do both of those things well is like whoo yeah holy crap it's crazy it's not that it's like so negative right it's just that it's like really hard adjustment it's an adjustment and it's a labor of love 
when it's the labor of love, it's really fucking hard. Mm-hmm. It is really hard. Yeah. And sure I'm is. not saying that like I regret any of it. I just I just should have really pumped more and just put I the bottle say. in his mouth and like yeah. you know, and like I love our son, but it was just it was one of those things that lesson, you know, yeah, serious lesson. It's not the end of, he he's the most affectionate, loving kid, and like I definitely don't regret any of that. It's just I would have saved myself some migraines and some loss of sleep. I was the opposite way where Nora stopped breastfeeding at two months. And I was like, we're in a good groove. Yeah, Everything's uh, awesome. I feel good. You're eating plenty. Like I thought we were in a rhythm and she was like, mm, I'm done with you. And I was like, what? So you like go through that, like that weird mom guilt thing. Where you're like, no, we should be doing this. I'm going to fight you on this. Like this yeah. is going to happen to then me going, you know what? She takes a bottle and now I can wear a different top. I don't have to worry about busting a titty out at yeah. every corner. Or it's leaking. Like, or fucking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I didn't know this was going to be a mom therapy session, but hey, we are. Listen, this one's for the moms, I guess, because. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. We're all different. And, and like, obviously, we, you know, you love your kid. Mm-hmm. But it's like when you are, we're all so busy. I mean, it's whatever your career is, whatever the thing is you're doing, it's like. Just trying, it's just, it's the, it's the moments of trying to get like back on track, which I guess was like my question to you of like, when did you feel like you were in that good groove and trying to get back to where like you were in like fighting mode and then getting signed to NXT? When I got released from NXT, I was in the best shape of my life. You were. And I feel like that was like a notable thing of like, shit, look at you. You looked great. And it threw me for a loop because. I consistently ask for that pressure. It should be easy with me. I know what I look like. I know what my disposition is. Mm -hmm. Just use me. There was stuff going on with Jess and Shayna was doing her thing. Use me. Give me that experience. I'm not afraid of failing. I keep saying that to everyone. Yeah. You see like the great ones, you know? They've been put in those positions for a reason because they have failed. And then they they learned. Mm -hmm. And it's a nonverbal trust. And I, you know, sometimes maybe I talk a little too much because I'm not able to do as much. But, like, it's a trust that I really want to earn. I believe myself. Why shouldn't I? Yeah. Certainly. Seriously. What's your stance on, like, being underestimated in those moments? Like, what, whether it was, like, at NXT to, like, things that you want to achieve now, what are the things that you want people to see in you that you know you're able to bring to the table like at nxt i was told by multiple people they're like oh marina if i had like 10 of you you know this place would be so fucking completely different i'm like but i'm not doing shit so you'd have 10 really hard working too nice wrestlers (laughs) like they're just you know Beautiful, powerful, all of that stuff, but too nice and not really, like, understanding who they are. And um, I never understood what that meant. Like, I just, I, did, I didn't. So I felt like I never really got a proper introduction. You know, those, those photos, like, oh, I can fucking talk about this now. Like, the photos that when you got signed to NXT with, like, Triple H, yeah. where he's, like, shaking their hand. I never got that photo. And that just sat with me. I wanted that fucking photo. <laughs> That meant a lot to me. Yeah. No, it's it's a moment. Sure. But it was, we had to kind of like play it cool, you know? And I'm like, fuck that. Like, I want yeah. that photo. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that shit was going on for me that I was going to have a chance to like 
I wanted to, I just wanted to have a good match and then get back there. And I'm like, we're getting this fucking photo, right? Like yeah, that's my yeah, moment. Yeah. And I never got yeah. it. And it's fine. But that didn't sit well with me. And then I realized I underestimated myself. Like I'm my own worst enemy when it comes to that shit. And uh, maybe that's what needed to happen. I needed to go away and I needed to like mold myself. Like Roddy really helped me. We had we talk a lot about wrestling. It's just impossible not to go a day without I know it. Right? How that goes? And it's like, <laughs> and then wrestling is all it's fucking opinion based. Mm-hmm. And then you have this idea of something or how someone is supposed to look, and another person doesn't. And that's a conversation of why. And then it's right. like, well, but we'll make money. And I'm like, I'm a terrible Jew. I don't fucking care about money. <laughs> like I just don't care about. I'm terrible about that shit. Am I? I don't know. But you just, you have your passion projects and it's like the things that you were passionate about and it's not necessarily about like what, you know, what's going to draw in this moment and like, I don't know. And I I eventually will be, but like right now, like it's just, I'm 34. I am probably the most athletic I've been in like my entire life. And I feel like I'm not even really pushing myself like outside of this. Like I, I haven't been doing the things that like, Fill my cup. You know what I mean? What, what is that? What fills your jiu-jitsu cup? Jiu-jitsu consistently. Like, I have this goal of getting my jiu-jitsu black belt. It's going to be in my life for the rest of my life. Like, it's just, whenever I feel lost, I go to the mat. That's what helps me. Yeah. And that's been me my entire fucking life. Yeah. So, that's a goal of mine. I've been neglecting that. And, like, when you neglect something, it just doesn't, it kind of rolls downhill, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, I know when I'm having inconsistencies in my matches. Like if you like look overall and I'm not having these kinds of conversations with anyone other than my husband. Professional wrestling has levels, right? That's like a a conversation you need to earn to have, you know, and uh, I get that. But I want to, in order to be able to earn to have it, I need to be put in that arena and I need to, I want those matches. I fucking I want to learn. And that's something that you're actively doing. Yeah. Right? And, like, to have those opportunities come up to get more of the experience, learn from those things, learn from the mistakes, learn while you're out there, be under the learning tree of whoever to be able to have that experience. Um, Where do you, like, start with that? I mean, you are going to be starting to do some other shows, right? Yeah, like, I, um, before I got signed with AEW, I was doing, like, indie shows here and there. But then the schedule just got crazy because then I got signed and I was like, oh, fuck, like I'm spending no time with my family. And, you know, I just decided not to do anything else. And then I I took a a couple here and there. But, you know, for me, pro wrestling is special and you can do it however the fuck you want to do it. Right. That's what people say. There isn't just one fucking way up the mountain. There's multiple. So for me, I need to approach whatever matches that are in my future. I want time to Care. Yeah. I want time to understand what I need to bring to the table. Yeah. You know, and I like that pressure. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, guys. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the week, enjoyed the best of the sessions. You guys can hear the full-length interviews um, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Just uh, download them, give them a listen, give them a like, a review. And if you want to see what you're hearing Head on over to my YouTube page. Just search Renee Paquette. It's all up there. And you can see us talking, having this interview, having a hangout. It's all up on there. Um, And that's been like a really great, cool, 
growing community. So uh, I'm really enjoying the Hangouts on the YouTube as well. So we can see you guys over there. And jump in the comment section, you know. Jump in, chime in, leave a comment. Uh, we like filtering through them all, reading about them. Maybe even like, I don't know, some constructive criticism if you had it. We're all ears. God, did I open up a can of worms by saying that? I don't know. Be nice. Be cool in there. This has been The Sessions.